Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Knives Monroe, and I'm with a very special, sexy guest, um, my girlfriend, Claire Monroe. Hi. Thank you for being here on my show. You're welcome. Not to make this all about me or anything. I just want to get this out of the way so we can actually enjoy a, a pleasant conversation. But this will be the first time I think people who are in my bubble will see this side of me because I don't put it out there, you know, my uh, relationship or anything like that. So this will be the first time they get a, a side of me. And I'm sure some people wonder what type of person could put up with Knives Monroe full time. So that'll be my first question for you. How do you, how do you put up with this shit all the time? 24, seven, 365. I don't know. I must love you. I guess so. Um, right now we're recording this and our son Aiden is playing a game and our daughter Fiona is going to sleep. It's a school night and I'm in hardcore dad mode. All I want to do is just lie down on my couch on your recliner? On my recliner. Just like my mom, I'm a chip off the old block. But um, I did want to have you on the podcast, and I, I hope that you have a good time here and you become a, a regular guest because I love our conversations with each other. I can think back of um, our first conversation in your PT Cruiser outside your mom's house. Oh, yeah. And we talked for hours about what I don't remember, but I just remember feeling like, wow. I can talk to this person forever. I was actually, I don't know if you remember, I was supposed to go to my high school reunion. Yeah. And then Pete showed up and was like, are you ready? And I'm like, no, I'm not going. Yeah. And then we just stayed in the car and talked. So since day one, I've been ruining your plans. <laughs> um, but I, I remember, you know, I've dated some girls in my past that they were just fucking boring. They were just boring and I couldn't have conversations with them. And I'm the type of person, maybe it's an ego thing, maybe I like the sound of my own voice, but I want to, like I enjoy conversation. I think conversation is an art. And being, I, I knew right off the bat, that was just one big check mark of like, wow, Claire can have a conversation, she can it, hang. That's also like, if I really wanted to to hurt you or to get to you, that w it would be like withholding a conversation or withholding like talking to you. That'll be the way you hurt me? That's That's what I would do. That's like, what you would do? Like if I were mad at you and if you like to get you to know that I was mad at like I was mad, I would just not talk to you. Um, to quote Kill Bill, uh, women call this the silent treatment and we let them think we don't like it. You don't you wouldn't like? I mean, hey, talk right here into the mic like this. That's what I'm doing. That's better. Otherwise, you're just going to get one side. Um, off mic, we were talking about um, movies and we had the big Lebowski on, which I know I've seen it with you at least 10 times. And God knows how many times I've seen it b alone. But um, I love talking about movies with you. Movies are a big part of my life. And that was something very early on in our relationship. I tested you and I was like, what kind of movies are you into? <laughs> what do you like? Because once again, I've dated other girls that weren't, weren't about that life. And I'm like, well, that's 90% of me. Like, you take away movies and I'm zero. Were you surprised at any of the movies I I mentioned in the beginning? I, I was a little surprised that you knew David Lynch, Lars von Trier, and I didn't introduce you to them, like, off the bat. And uh, am I wrong, or, or are you a film major, a film minor? Yeah, no, yeah, I was. Where is that? Like, where does it say that? 
What do you mean? When somebody, because I never graduated college, obviously, and so like your minor, where does that go? It doesn't go anywhere. So what is a minor? What is a minor in college even for? I don't know. It's just a requirement. It's just something that they ask of you. It's only like eighteen hours or something like that. But yeah, you have to have. So a minor is not in any official capacity. No, I mean, realistically. That's another thing. Um, when we first started talking in 2013, I was like, wow, this chick is, you know, she has a degree. She's going to college. I was like, she's smart. So already you were <laughs> you were uh, different than any other girl I had like, ever you dated. You had like no expectations? Not that I had no expectations. No, but it was just like, this chick is smart. This chick is funny. This chick is... <laughs> A good mom, wow, um, and she has great taste in film, and she's independent. You know what I mean. Uh, you were just like check mark after check mark after check mark for me, and so I knew right away that I had to put a baby in you, mm-hmm. and I had to trap you, you right away, real fast. And and you did real fast. And um, I don't regret a thing, and I, I like to think that um, I made the right choice. You made a good choice. I tell friends and and family that are having girl problems you got to get yourself a claire you just rolled your eyes at me on the mic this is a podcast (laughs) so if you're gonna roll your eyes at me i can't i don't know you're gonna have to vocally express that but i mean that get yourself a claire get yourself a girl that you can be yourself with that you could be honest with that you can articulate the minutia in your head with that you know is going to be, if you choose to have kids and you want to have kids in your life, that you know is going to have, that wants the same mm-hmm. as you. And um, I've said this before to you, and I'll say it on public record, but I had made a list, and I have it somewhere in my one of those binders, of everything that I wanted in a woman. Another list of everything I didn't want in a woman, all my deal breakers, who I had to be to attract this woman, which is its own list, and where I had to go to find her. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to find my dream woman at a bar, right. right? And so I already had my radar out there, like, looking for this person. And so when I found you, I knew, look, Knives, you can do what you always do and fuck this up, or you can put it all on the line and and be yourself. And if she if she likes you, don't fuck it up. I think I think we are both in the same like space or s- thinking the same thing cuz i was also in a place of like i was trying to better myself and trying to be the person i needed to be and it all started i don't i mean I, i'm sure i've told you this but it all started like i don't know where i heard it but somebody was talking about themselves and they were they asked themselves would you date you and they they said no, like they wouldn't date themselves. Hmm. And so that was kind of like one of like, I became really self-aware about how I was, maybe even like had to um, admit how I was at the time. And then I was like, oh, and then everything just made sense of like, no wonder, like these things haven't happened for me. What does that mean? Like you didn't like, you wouldn't have dated yourself? So did you become a version that you had to date? I would have a version, dated, a version of yourself that you could date. I mean, I would have just had fun with myself. Okay. And that was like, 
kind of like ouch i see you weren't wife material in your own eyes wife material yeah i wasn't that really yeah no i wasn't and then I, and then i was like oh no wonder okay that makes sense and then i had to like really like elevate myself and be who i i guess i am now which is what for the people that that don't know i mean how do you see yourself now 33 years old in 2018 um not that i well it's not that i wasn't loyal before but really loyal very committed very like all in 100 percent uh more sacrificing i guess like i'd sacrifice myself more now is than that I a did. good thing i think so i mean it's worked out for me I hope you don't sacrifice too much. No, not. I mean, I think I pull back if I need to. I think. Like, what's an example? What What is something that you sacrifice from yourself? Like time. I don't know. I guess like the main thing. Okay. Some happiness. Like, oh, okay, I can't really go. I mean, that's kind of off over there. You know. That's kind of what happens home. when you decide to have a family, anyways. No, yeah, and so those, you know, just those things. I became more like in tune to wanting a family and having a family and like sustaining that and kind of wanting to like want a car and like these household things and a living room and a couch and my own place like all that stuff like I didn't really want before I wanted to just like be me like exist like that was like the thing just exist and and get by through the you know through the day um and then like after that just things started to change I wanted to be better Hmm. Uh, but also I think had to do with like no one really said i could be better like no one ever like no one really said like be your best self so that's something i knew that we were going to talk about we both came from the same hometown which is donna Mm -hmm. texas and i don't it it, i haven't in this new iteration of the show i haven't really gone into depth about donna texas but i've been pretty vocal about it and in former iterations of this show and on a public forum but in a 99.9% Hispanic community, you know, one of the poorest in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we went to the Valley a few, maybe like a month and a half ago, I was showing Aiden just cruising around Donna. And I was like, this is where <laughs> I grew up. This is where like my grandma lives. But Aiden lived. lived in Donna. Yeah, I know. But just having had lived here in Austin for two years now, going back to Donna it was like, do you, you remember what it felt like to go back to your elementary school and be like, wow, this looks so small? Mm. Like he was seeing all the potholes and he was seeing kind of just how ghetto everything was. And I think he forgot. And I think he was excited to be like, I'm glad that we're just visiting, but I don't want to stay here. But that's where you and I grew up. Right. Like I lived in the Valley for 27, 28 years, my, almost my entire life. And the expectations of that community there were no expectations, you know, I mean, that culture down there is, and I'm not punching down. I'm just stating my truth. That culture down there. And maybe some people can relate to this. It's towny culture. You know, you don't really move out of your parents' house. You just stay there and every, you know, life is just about your, your payday on a Friday. And then you go get shit faced with your, homies or whatever and there's really nothing to do over there and it's a border town drug culture at least that's my experience that was my pov there's nothing to do and you're the first girl i ever dated from donna 
Mm. Like maybe there was a girl in McAllen and a girl from Far or Edinburgh or whatever, but never from Donna. And so that was another thing on my list where I was like, wow, so we had the same upbringing. We both went to the same high school. I mean, we were in band together. Not together, together, together. I remember you. You remember in, me in yeah, band? Yeah, I remember you. So just for you the listeners who like, don't know, you you were, I think when I was a freshman, you were a senior. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'd I remember, be very surprised if you remembered that. I remember you because where I would stand like all the extra people, I don't know what they were called. Shadows. Yeah, they would stand like in front of me mm-hmm. and they would just do nothing there. Yeah, that was me, all right. And that was, I remember just seeing you. I never asked to be in band. <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah. And I remember being like, this this guy's not even doing anything. Like That's right. But I, I tried that. nothing and I was, all out of, I was all out of ideas. And then there was that other time that I saw you, but that was after I graduated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you were a senior, what grade you were in? I don't, I don't remember. You don't that. remember that, but mm-hmm. I remember being like, "This guy's a prick." That's that's a fair assessment. Now that you know me, that was pretty spot on. <laughs> I have my moments. I think then maybe like, but I think it, it came from like you said something that, like, really. It wasn't what I said. It was the way I said it. It was the way you said it, but it was also like you came off. Um, like you just cut the bullshit and you just went straight for it. Right. And it was like the first thing you said to me. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it just felt like all your ego was like right there. Yeah. Well, people down there confused my attitude and my harshness for being very, they call it radical candor. For being straightforward and to the point and blunt, people confuse that. They, they looked at that as really douchey and arrogant. But for me, I, I was always such a hyper self-aware person where my self-awareness is self-aware of other people's self-awareness. And I go straight to that. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they can't handle that. Um, or, you know, because I don't really ease into that. But that's part of, that's just, that's just what I got. That's just the cards that I was dealt with. But uh, so I think that's what you got with some residual like, um, <laughs> slow your roll, smart, yeah, smart it ass. Was, it, but but I was with my sister, so maybe it, you thought like you could just say whatever, however. I truly don't remember. I truly don't remember. And I and to be fair, I don't think either one of us are any close to our seventeen-year-old selves. Right. I'm twice that age now, and I I would look at that kid, that 17-year-old, and I'd probably beat the shit out of him today. Um, but g- going back to the, just the expectations of ourselves, like down there in the valley, like it wasn't really forced upon. To be better? To, yeah, because you said it yourself, like not, you, you know, you weren't really told like to think of yourself that way, well, to no, demand I mean, more from also, yourself. right. I think I think that's a product of the environment. Well, it would definitely the environment upbringing. Um, I, I just didn't have, you know, maybe not even a best friend to be like, but you're like this and you're so great and, you know, you could do whatever you want. Maybe my dad, I think my dad would say that a lot, but I never like took him seriously. <laughs> like, or sure. I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I would like I wanted to believe him and I know he said a lot of like good things and you know, you have a talent and blah, blah, blah. But I was never, I was, I just, you know, 
just took it and I was like, whatever. You're my dad. Of course you got to say these things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be fair, when I, when you and me got close and we got together in 2013, um, I definitely saw something in you and I tried to fan those flames and I'm not taking any responsibility for your talent or who you are today, but I, I see your potential and it's like a cup that's overflowing and I love that. If I didn't see any potential in you, in my eyes, you'd be a fucking loser. Really? And I wouldn't be with you. But I feel like, I feel the same way about you. What? Like if you didn't have like high goals or aspirations or if you weren't aiming for something, like it might not, like this might have not happened. This is why I kind of like, maybe not like that character, Bradley Cooper's character. We were, just, we were talking about a star was born yeah. off mic. Um, he's just like, he's great at what he does, but I mean, like he wasn't really going anywhere after that. I mean, like he was just getting shit faced all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't like that. Well, you're not supposed to like that. Well, you're not. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Right. But like, if you were like that, you were successful, but you were just like, that I wouldn't something I wouldn't that uh, something I've, I've, I've never said in public before because um, that's nobody's goddamn business but I'll say now you know when we got together I was at the lowest of my low I was unemployed I had a nine month stint in Austin where I spent the first six weeks of that time homeless I didn't have a job I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have any possessions. I didn't have any prospects. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to look forward to. I didn't have a bed to sleep on. I slept under my friend's bed. Shout out to Dave. <laughs> I slept under his bed in Austin, Texas. I lived with, you know, a drug dealer. And I uh, gave my friend my apartment. I was like, just pay it because I couldn't pay it anymore. And for whatever reason, I had the delusion in asking you to be my girlfriend. Like I had no, I had nothing but audacity. That was really <laughs> all I had. But I had seen, I and, mean, you, you were at your lowest, but I was at my highest. Like I was at my best Okay. at the time, which is really weird. That's um, really weird. Yeah. I was on something else. And then, um, but I did, I, I knew all that, but I thought. And that's the thing. And, and I didn't hide that from you either. Right. I was, I went out of my way to be like, look. But I'm a fucking wreck. I'm a shit show. I'm sorry, but, you know. <laughs> but I had also seen, like. But I didn't want to lie to you. Right. I felt like I had looked at your resume and was like, okay. Because you had made a movie. And that was, like, one of the things that was, like, oh, he's accomplished this. Like, even to accomplish that was a big deal to me. That makes me feel like a fraud. Why? I mean, I made an independent movie. But you know how hard it is to make a movie? I do. I do, but I didn't. Like, I, I, I did write I, and direct because I know that I, I don't have any expectation that other people should know that. Like I've never used that as a calling card. <laughs> I've never been like, but I made a movie, you know. Well, it, to me, it was a big deal. I mean, you made a movie. I mean, I was studying movies and I was watching a lot of movies. That's right, and you did see my movie, and then I saw you I paid s- to watch it. Yeah, I bought it. It was like seven bucks or something. Something five? like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then I, I've seen it twice. Wow. Um, but that was a big deal. Hmm. Well, for from a kid from Donna with no college education, 
And the, and like the, I'm really burying myself yeah. here, no, man. No, no, but like also like. But it's true, and and, and and I want people to know that context because, I, just the audacity to even <laughs> ask to be your boyfriend and to date you. And you did this like over and I the had, internet, and I had fucking nothing. It it was uh, the first two three months of our relationship was a long term. I'm sorry, long distance relationship. We wrote each other handwritten letters, uh-huh. and I still have your handwritten right. letters. Like that's kind of romantic. That is. Yeah. I don't know what we said to each other. I don't remember what I wrote in my bullshit oh, chicken scratch. I but don't I, remember either. But I remember checking my mail, checking my mailbox, and and hoping that I'd get a letter from you, just because I. I mean, I was, I mean, I, I really liked you. Yeah. I really liked you. And, and I liked you too. And I think, and I know there was, when you, when I first saw you, maybe, you smiled, like I opened the door, I was at my mom's house, opened the door and like you had this really big smile. And that was like another thing that was like, oh, he's like that happy to see me. <laughs> I was like, that's nice. That's a nice feeling. I'm always happy to see you. Well, I'm glad. And I'm not bullshitting you just because we're being recorded. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm always happy to see you. Um, and it's, it just trips me out when I, when I think back and I, and I look about, I, I look back at, I can hear Aiden, <laughs> his damn Fortnite, man. I, I'm such a, sometimes I feel really tired when I think about having a 13 year old. Aiden was seven when we first got together. And I asked him about that today. Who? I asked Aiden, how old are you? And yeah. do you remember when you first met Knives? Yeah. And he said he couldn't remember. Yeah. Well, he cringes every time he thinks about his younger self. Uh-huh. But <laughs> that's another thing that I liked you. But if Aiden was a shithead, I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have. I don't even know how there'd Aiden. There'd be no Fiona. How Aiden was Aiden. I don't even know how that happened. What do you mean? Like how he was so nice. Why he was so cute? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's just a good kid. He's just a good kid. And I fell for that kid so hard. And I've said this on other shows I'm sure but I fell in love with him and I feel like he's my soulmate in a lot of ways and if he didn't exist I probably would have fucked this relationship relationship up a long time ago but Maybe. because of him I instantly had to present the best version of myself right. to you and to him and I saw that did you yeah so we get together Three, four months later, you're pregnant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Flash forward five years later, we're not married, but we're living Still. together. Right. And, I mean, when I, you said you were your, at your best. Uh-huh. I think at that we to get, <laughs> that's what you mean, <laughs> at your skinniest. Um, I, I think that we're at each other's best. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like we're at each other's best in terms of, um our accomplishments and our family like i feel like we're a tight little family i think so too i yeah. love our family i do too i, I think we're I really do we're all good together um we'll get each other we have spent more time together this year which has been probably the busiest year i think so. certainly for me but you've been working all year and I've been working all year and I still, I, we, I'm proud to say that we've spent more time together as a family, the four of us than I ever spent with my family. 
and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. What you good? I feel like we're only talking about ourselves, but I mean, who cares? Okay. It's my show. I could talk about whatever I want. Okay, and we're back. Um, Claire made it 22 minutes inside the podcast before she had to pee. And that's because she peed before we started the podcast. Don't and Is that your stomach? Did I hear your stomach right now? No. Um, Don't put this in there. <laughs> it's my podcast. I'm going to do whatever I want. What was the last thing we were talking about? Um, no, I, I just that. And we can move on and start talking about cool stuff. Um, but just that we spend more, we spend a lot of time together as a family. You know, it's kind of cliche. Like, I didn't grow up spending a lot of time with my mom and my brother. We didn't go out and do stuff. We, we didn't go out and even watch TV together. Like, we didn't do anything together. Really? She was in her own world. I was in my own world. My brother was doing his thing. And if my brother had a football game or something, like, I'd go, but I was just under the bleachers listening to heavy metal. Like, I couldn't be any more antisocial. Like, I, we never really did stuff together. Maybe a few times, but none real. I mean, not as much as... You know, I'm very involved with this family, mm-hmm. with the kids, and I'm I'm proud of that because, you know, my as busy as things get and as you know crazy as things can be with traveling, sometimes like you know, I never want to be, and I'm such an extreme person. I don't think I could ever be this way, where the kids never see me. They'll always see me. I don't, I don't me. think you could handle that. I, I, of course not. I mean, because I've been like three months away from them, right? And it hurt. Mm-hmm. it really hurt i i could never i couldn't do that again and so even being four or five days away from them it hurts it hurts because it's hard for you to it's hard for me to let you do everything especially when they need aiden needs someone to pull his fucking ear and tells him br- mm-hmm. pr- brush your teeth or fiona needs me to threaten her like hey i'm gonna pinch you if you don't blah 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 like they need they need their dad Mm-hmm. they need them so i i couldn't let that happen but um i love you guys so much and i love our family so much and i mean i think this has been our best year you think this has been our best year i think so yeah i mean the first year here was super hard yeah um i think this has been our best year i think just every year it gets better that's all you could really hope for and i think 2019 is going to be amazing it's gonna be crazy I think it's going to be great. So I talked about that you have a degree. What, what do you have a degree in? English. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I kind of wanted to be it. One of the first things I can remember is wanting to be a journalist. Like Leti Valadez on Channel 5. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. Um, But that just, I don't know, I kind of didn't want to do that anymore and then like as I started doing art more I wanted to be an artist and then I went to school like I think a semester or two as an art major and then I convinced myself that it wasn't a good degree and it wasn't a good life to be an artist and then I changed my major to English would you have done that differently today I mean, and then I graduated with, well, so I graduated with my degree and then I took a bunch of art classes afterwards because I was like, once once I finish this degree, I'm going to get my second degree and it's going to be art because that's what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But then I got accepted into the MFA program, so I did that instead. And then that didn't happen because mm-hmm. we moved. 
Do you have closure with that? I don't really care. You don't? But <laughs> is that true? You don't really care? I mean, like, I don't even... I Like, it doesn't bother me that I didn't finish. Because, I mean, I don't know if people knew, but, like, I left the first semester of my thesis. So I should have been done, like, may of last year or the year before i don't know uh-huh. um so i would have had that degree but i, I mean master's I, degree my master's degree yeah yeah but i feel now that it wouldn't have mattered like it's uh, academia is like a whole other thing from the world that i live in now this is such a shitty question but just because i'm curious just for the mental exercise like if you could go if if you knew that 2018 this is the way the world was going to be you know, internet wise and information wise and the, the, the work landscape because high school and college didn't prepare us for the way people right. were going to make money in 2018. What would you have done differently? If anything at all? Mm, I think I would have made more art. I think I would have taught myself more as far as like how to like upload videos, make videos, you know, all the social media stuff, YouTube. I think I would have learned that and hmm. tried to. The digital side of things. Yeah. Try to really get better at like a skill. Like, like, you know how you're, you're good at several things and editing's one of them. Like, I wish I would have done that. I also would, I did apply at one point to go to UT Dallas um, for animation. Mm-hmm. But then that didn't work out because it, it was like way after couple years after i had aiden so i really had no idea how was i was going to do anything Mm -hmm. so i never pursued that and you had aiden at 20 years old yes that's pretty young yeah so were you already going to college before that yeah i was one semester i had done one semester and then in february yeah i was enrolled the second semester and then i found out i was pregnant and i was too sick to go how long after you had a baby did you decide to go to college? I had Aiden in November, and then I re-enrolled the following August. Mm-hmm. It was like... Almost well, a year. So in November, yeah, I had him in November, and then in January, I started working at Walmart. And then in August, still working at Walmart, I went back to school full-time. Wow. So I worked... I worked every day. No, I went to school Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then worked the other five days from... 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. So like Monday nights were really hard because I got like five, six hours of sleep. Which is very little for you. Yes. Uh, I mean, at that time I was younger, so I could have gone on with less. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I would go to school from like 9 to 7 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I did that for a while until I couldn't. Um. You said that like me that I'm good at like various things and the truth is and and I I think this is important to the type of people that listen to this I'm not good at any one thing I've just put in the 10,000 plus hours into but that's content creation those things good like you know I've been thinking about this um I don't think you ever give yourself credit for these things but I'm also not a bullshitter. Like, if I felt like my shit didn't stink, I'd be like, look at this fucking shit. Look look, look at this video. It's fire or whatever. And I just feel 
and even though I, you know, I make podcasts for a living, I produce podcasts across the board, uh, not just my own, I content creator, whatever, but everything, everything has to do with timing. Like my mm-hmm. first movie, the best success that ever came out of my first movie was you thought it was good enough, enough that I, I wasn't, that. well, I'm saying that like you thought, no, not that the movie was good enough. But making a movie was like my college degree. You're like, oh, wow, so Knives has a, done it was something. An accomplishment. It was an accomplishment. So that's the best thing that ever came out of that movie was you thought it was an accomplishment. <laughs> and so I was able to put a baby in you. Uh-huh. That was the best thing that came out of that movie. But the movie was made on the budget of hot dogs and handshakes. Like It's not particularly well made. Um, and that's me being like my harshest critic. But, but I made it. Like I saw it through. I was I was just really. I've been on YouTube for eleven years, and I still don't have what? over a thousand subscribers. Like, how good could <laughs> I possibly be? But that this goes. Work but this goes get. back to what we were talking about, off mic. Passion. Mm-hmm. Passion is what got me through any door I've ever gotten through. Passion is what got me to you. The passion for kids is what got me to have the land the best gig of all time, which is being a father. Like passion my love for my love and excitement and obsession for creating stuff is what is what got me here you know what i mean so you saying good like just for the listeners out there i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that but i, I mean, would say somebody go- pays so you to do that I, i'd say good enough because when i say timing so that was my point making a movie in 2012 being 24 years old was just good timing that I was able to sell a movie theater out. What I do right now, if I want to make a video that gets a million views, like I think I have the competence to pull that off, but the rest of it's timing. And you can't put that on me right? and on my talent. I have, I'm just competent. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm just, <laughs> that's just the <laughs> truth. And I think that's important to tell these listeners that I think are hungry creative types, filmmaker types, you know, people that are in that scene that sometimes good is good enough, but in order to make it to a certain level, you have to be, you have to stand out. Of course, yeah. And I don't think my quality is what stands out. I think it's Knives Monroe, the guy, the passionate person that stands out. Yeah, I agree. Because I've been knocked down 20 times and I get up 21 times. I'm too fucking stupid to stay down. Because mm-hmm. even when times are really, really rough and times are really, really hard, I keep coming back. That's it. And I just wanted to make that statement. <laughs> he just wanted to make that I just, I just wanted well, like, to make that I statement. Meant, I meant like more, that's just a skill you have. It's just something you can do. Like as if, like I draw, I can draw. But it's like... I could never tell you the moment where... Okay, so you, you actually are really great at drawing mm-hmm. right behind me is a do you call it a portrait of david lynch what I, do you call that I, I draw a drawing you drew a realistic portrait of david lynch and he's a hard guy to draw he has so much detail oh that took hours yeah it took hours and i could I've, I've never achieved anything like that in terms of quality so you have a raw talent at something mm-hmm. and that's why i get frustrated at you when it comes to making stuff 
and when I when I talk to people that have a genuine talent, it's like my responsibility to make sure that they're nourished, that they have sunshine, that they have water, right. that they have fertilizer, whatever they need to grow, whatever they need, their resources. Um, because I've never had one thing personally, maybe, maybe this, maybe talking into a microphone, maybe that's it. And even then, like, it's pretty whack because anybody can do this. Not anybody. I can't do that. We're doing it right now. And when I see someone like you or my friend Guillen that just are savants at a certain trade, my friend Guillen is a great guitarist, vocalist, composer. I get a little jealous in a in a in a fruitful way, in a in a competitive way, but in, in in a positive sense, because I take tremendous joy and pride in what I do. When I see someone that has a natural skill, they need to be developed, and they need to know it. And, right. and sometimes, I'm not gonna be. I, I'm never that person that's like, fuck that guy. And I talk shit behind their back. It's like, no, I want them to know how great and how great they are and how much I appreciate their skill. So they can go out and go change the world with it and make people feel things with it. And I've always felt that way about your art. I think, no, I, I know what you're saying. And I think a lot of people need to hear need to hear that. Um, but to me, it's sort of just like one, like it's just one crayon in the box. What? Like, like the drawing. Like it needs to have, like to create a bigger and greater piece, it needs to have all like more than just one one color. And th- I think that's how I feel as an as a, a creator. So in 2015, I was coming off of a great depression because I made a movie that was a disaster called The Seven Hands of God. And so the next year, I needed to do something again. I needed to be creative. I needed to redeem myself. And I remember mutual friend RJ, who he pitched this idea of doing like an anthology in uh, in the vein of the Dogma 95 movement. And this is how nerdy this podcast gets, because who the fuck is going to remember that <laughs> or care about the Dogma 95 movement? But it was something that was really important to me. So we decided to create um, movies from scratch that had... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obstructions, certain rules. And that was your first foray in making a movie. Mm-hmm. And the consensus that night we th- that we had our premiere, which was like, I want to say maybe November 2015? I think so. Could have been October, something like that. It was your first short film. You'd never produced a script directed shot anything edited anything and and you produced the best film i think people felt that way we did a q a afterwards your movie went on last we saved mm-hmm. the best for last and that reminded me like wow claire doesn't just have one crayon in the box anything that she tries to do she's great at you had made the best film out of people including me more experienced people guys like me and mark who had been doing it for years 
your first you threw your hat into the ring and it was and it was great um what made you want to make a movie what made you thought that you had the competence to pull that off or the confidence like looking back at that like walk me through i think it had been a while since i'd i'd done anything i had before that i did have goals to published because I was publishing like poems like locally so I I had a goal to publish something every year and I think maybe I had I had it in a while um but it was just just a goal that I I wanted to do and I got to work with you and that was that was one thing I wanted to do also but also I was in a place where I think I just I had I needed I needed I needed to say something like it, it. I didn't know what it was gonna be, and it it didn't come to me till later, of that story. And tell the listeners, the synopsis of that short film that you made. Um, it really well. It comes from the you know that Pablo Picasso quote. I don't remember it now, but the one about like staying like a ki- staying a kid or staying a child mm-hmm. once you become an adult. Like how do you how do you stay? How do you like keep your inner child once you you become an adult? And so the story is just about a little boy who's really good at drawing, but his, well, one of his parents, his dad isn't supportive of it for whatever reason. And he just still does it no matter what anybody says. The little boy. The little boy, yeah. Um, and then you kind of... Autobiographical to to an extent. You're that little boy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, no one said that. Well, uh, yeah. So it is, but no one really said like, don't draw. Right. Or I mean, I told myself that. Uh huh. Um, but no one else told me that. Hmm. Um, but. So so yeah. I mean, so I you really had the audacity to to make a movie, <laughs> and it was good. Yeah. I mean, I was already kind of. I knew the, the story. I mean, you helped me also with the story. So that that made it even better. Um, but that was really hard, making a movie. I mean... We had a time frame. We had a deadline. And so... So I just want to paint the scene. Like, I made a movie. I had a short film that I submitted. And it took place in one location. We did everything in one take. Um, same thing with RJ. He it all took place in one location. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jacob Lafayette had a pretty interesting film and then mark's film was like two minutes long yours had like this brilliant three-act structure (laughs) it took place over a variety of um locations right we shot like at a michael's we shot at a pool we shot uh, inside and outside our apartment at daytime and nighttime exteriors we shot uh our it doesn't sound weird but uh, we shot Aiden in, in the bathtub drawing. We shot him and RJ at the dinner scene. We shot him at school. Uh, yeah. Where we had your friend David, um, who was a real life teacher. We used his classroom. Mm-hmm. Like it had like, wow. Like the first time filmmaker of the group, you know, I wrote my scene in one location. Cause I was like, this is, <laughs> I didn't want to make it too hard for me, but you made it really hard for you. And you, still I mean, did I, it. I was watching a lot. And of you had a friend compose original music for the true. movie. That's true. I mean, I <laughs> think about that. I forgot about that. For your Sorry. first uh, <laughs> video 
project ever. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, at the time, I was studying a lot of movies. And this was before... This was before I had my idea for my thesis. Because I think I was just starting the MFA program. I don't remember. But I I was watching a lot of movies. And... I usually watch a lot of, I like a lot of dark movies, but it wasn't going to be a dark movie. It was just going to be kind of like, okay, I, I mean, I had to think about what my first, what I, I had to think about what my first movie was going to be about. Like, what did I want to say from the beginning? And it had to be from the beginning of things. So I kind of had to go back, like, where does anything ever start? And that would have just been like my childhood, you know, and I just, and like you said earlier, that you have to stand out. Like, as, as a creator, you have to stand out. So I had to ask myself, like, how do I make this story stand out? Which is kind of what you have to ask yourself when you're writing anything. And I thought, well, okay, I can't just be me. Like, I can just have an adult. Like, that doesn't... To me, that wouldn't have been interesting to see this... I've seen it before, right? You've seen the adult artist trying to make it. So I had the idea of just having it to be, like, a kid. And then... Aiden was just there, so... And it's not like Aiden wants to be or wanted to be an actor. Like, right. di- directing no. Aiden in a in a very, very pretty good, decent performance, like, we shot... I mean, if we were to... So many scenes. I know. Considering he did really it's a well, short... Though, it's a 15-minute short film. Yeah. And it's good from A to B. Like, you know, everybody liked it. And it stole the show that night. We ended on it. We ended on a great note, you know. And I was so proud of you that night. And it was just this, it was further evidence that whatever Claire puts her hands on, it's going to be good. Whether if that's poetry, whether if that's writing, whether if that's drawing, making art, making paintings, doing, we got portraits of like naked people all over their house that you made with charcoal or whatever. Uh (laughs) Whether if it's making a movie and now it's designing social media content. Right. Whatever you put your hands on, you you figure it out pretty fast. You're, you're, You're a fast learner. I think, oh, I mean, yeah, and I think that's what I was saying, kind of, I don't, I don't like just doing one thing, and that's hard for me, it's hard for me to, to you, say you, that. that, that why, why? Because you and me are different when it comes right, to this. Right, so, yes. I'm a single track person, very narrow lane. And that's, e- that sounds easy. It, that sounds, to me, it sounds like Well, I don't really, do I don't really have thing. options. I play the game at one difficult there's no other difficulties. And I knew that early on with you because I remember, yeah. you know, we had this conversation. Uh, we're having a conversation about like stuff that we could do. And that was that was like your only thing. And I was like, OK, I just I was just like, all right, he, he knows. I remember in our one of our first early conversations before, like I was still living in Austin, you were in Donna. And I remember saying like, like my life's going to suck for the rest of my life. And I want you to know that. Because if we ever get together and, you know, get married, like I'm going to be a filmmaker and it's not going to be easy and I'm going to be traveling and all that. Like, are you are you OK with that? Like, just so you know, there's going to be times where you're going to be there with the kids. We, we didn't even have kids yet. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting that in, in our verbal contract because I, I was <laughs> I was carrying all that momentum with me already. I was 25 years old. God, I was so young. I can't believe I used to be young. And I remember telling you, like, look, I, this is my trajectory. That was always my trajectory. Was like, but it sounded, it sounded I only like had a nice... one. 
I was a train. I was on tracks. Right. Yeah. No. You can't I, get lost when you're a train exactly. on tracks. Exactly. And and it sounded like a nice dream in a way too, coming from a place of like, I I do art also, and I know so I why, know that need. Why does it feel bad or whatever to to say that you don't like doing one thing? Because I think that's cool. Like I've always envied people that can just do multiple things. Because I've it, it just been that one trick pony guy. I feel like it makes it harder because if I want to, like I, I've gotten really good at drawing, but then I have other things that I want to do also. Like say I wanted to make some content for like social media. It, I feel like it takes away my energy and time from, from, the, from the first thing. And so I kind of have to divide my energy and my time and my headspace into like all these other things that I want to do. And sometimes I'll cycle through these things. I'll be in like an art mode or or whatever, um, or a writing mode. But it's just, I feel like I don't go 100% on one thing. And it's hard to like accept that because I wish I did. But then I just, I just can't. Like once I'm done with that thing, it's like, okay, I'm going to move on. And I feel like a part of it is from from being at school for such a long time, like, I don't know, like 10 years or whatever it was, you know, every every semester. I mean, you have like five different classes each semester, and then every semester you're done, and then you move on to the next thing. And so it's like this training of like... Hold that microphone up. So it's like this training of, okay, now it's December. Okay, what am I going to do in January? It's like I'm going to read a new book and I'm going to do a new project. Are you saying like you're used to having a syllabus? I'm used to, ha- yeah, I'm used to having that, that schedule and that Still? syllabus. Not You've been out of college for three years? I think so. I don't even know. I don't even know. Something like that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, now I'm, now I'm not used now. Well, for work, because I, I work with universities indirectly i'm on that schedule again and i and you know before this job i i thought i got all that out of my system college school academia i didn't have to think about the college world at all mm-hmm. but here i am and it's fine and i, I like it and i know it and i'm familiar with it True. but but i'm so i'm kind of like also you know it's a smaller percentage of my brain that that goes there of thinks about the schedule at school But for the most part, like once I come home, like I don't think about it. What drives your creativity? Like it takes a lot of energy, inertia, momentum, drive to have an idea and then to see it through to the end. And when you say ta-da, right? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is the driving force behind your creativity? What, what has it been? I think I think it, it changed it's changed. Now um I think it's become how quick I can make something and is it going to be used? Cuz I get really sad when I think about things that are not used. Um you you've, you've told me like one thing that'll depress you is just thinking about abandoned houses. Yeah, it's a very strange. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um It is. Like just things that I feel like if it's abandoned, like if there's an abandoned house with like furniture and silverware. Yeah. It's like that thing to me, it's like that thing does not exist anymore. And in anybody's mind or 
like it's gone forever yeah and it's like even though it's there and you can at some point touch it and Mm -hmm. look at it interesting but other than that it just doesn't exist in the world the i'm gonna use a big word the (laughs) it's like utilitarian i think like you like it's a you like your art and as a utility right as a tool you want it to be used yeah you create screwdrivers like i needed to have a a, a purpose okay but that goes like anything things in general okay like i don't just have like well here's the thing so things around here i'm gonna don't have purpose i'm gonna lean on you a little bit when it comes to this question because that's not what i'm asking because that's like completing a project and i understand that what's driving you to complete a project is efficiency Mm -hmm. that's fair but i'm talking about creativity because creativity is a is there a difference there's a science aspect to it in terms of understanding um, proportions understanding congruencies understanding color understanding what works why certain fonts evoke a certain feeling Uh like the (laughs) the the artsy fartsy stuff of creativity like what drives that oh i don't like to think about that anymore why i feel like that's news to me oh i think i've just moved on from that i know what you're saying from that frame of mind or what i feel like yes i i think i've i've i don't want to say i graduated to another level what's the level of like oh now i just want my art or anything that i make to have purpose in I some see. very now it sounds as opposed narcissistic and no 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 i don't think so and as opposed to you want it to have a purpose it's being used utilized functionable or whatever you yeah. say as a but like i guess what i'm asking is well that's interesting as oppo- and as I'm oppo- all down for going down that rabbit so hole. So I, I know I know what you're asking me, and so I think I think before it was, I have you know I have something to say. I, I feel it in my gut, like there's something that's bothering me, or I've I've come to this like new conclusion, or I've learned something new about the world or myself, and I think I've like gone past that. I don't know what to call it, or if there's some kind of, if it's even backwards or forwards. But that's like saying you're post expression yeah if that's a thing yeah like i'm i don't have like this grand thing i need to say like i'm good like i mean this is also goes back to our conversation about you and me are very different yes we are um i don't know if people knew if people know that or not or what that we're very different when it comes to that we're really different creators like we think differently sometimes we have the same purpose like we needed this certain thing to come out or whatever but i think we're very different in how we how we do things why we do things um especially in the medium too of uh, which we work in Mm -hmm. um what was i saying but you're saying there's something (laughs) that i said about oh okay because i remember we were having a conversation about like i said that my creativity cup is full yeah and like i never have to be creative yeah. And at the second that I said that, uh-huh. I was like, it is. But then like the feeling after that, it, just, it was like, well, maybe it's not. And like, I, it, you know, I meant it when I said it, but like at my day to day, I'm like creating something. And so it's a different type of feeling, if that makes sense. Because I don't have to 
go out and make a movie. I don't have to like, there's not like this book like waiting to come out. I don't have like rebel in me that I need to do in like 10 years from now. I don't have that. I don't know. I just feel like I can, I just need to do a little bit every day. Hmm. Like I'm not that hungry. <laughs> like I'm not that hungry. I don't know. I used to be. Hmm. I don't know. And I don't know what happened. Sure. And I don't know if it's a bad thing either. I don't it sounds think like a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. No. Like, and this is a No, month, so I don't think it's a bad thing. Because you know, and this is like the only thing that this, that, like, this is one of the common denominators about things that you and, my, that you and me disagree with. And I'm more inherently a romantic uh-huh. about just the idea. And when I say idea, I'm talking about in the abstract sense, like the idea of art and cinema and thematics like i like like let me tell you something that gets me off like in art (laughs) is get taking the old and making it new Uh i love that like i love it when say like a professional wrestler starts doing moves that you haven't seen since the 30s and it's like wow they're it's kind of a throwback but they're making it new and i like taking something that used to work and then bring it into a new context that disrupts things. I'll give you an example, a more populist example. When Tarantino made Pulp Fiction, he was taking all these tenets from European new wave that was not, I want to say forgotten, but that he appreciated it from the sixties and he brought it to the nineties and new textures and a new context and Pulp Fiction changed independent cinema. Still Mm -hmm. people still aspire for that. He he changed movies in America forever because he took the old and he made it new. And I love that. Like, I get off with that. I like taking things that are forgotten. I like going into those abandoned houses and being like, look at this. If I were to present this in a new fashion, people will respect it because there's something good here. I love that. So my mind, like, when I create, like, a new project, the passion and momentum and enthusiasm – and the fixation and the obsession that keeps me going is is saying, here's this new thing that's an old argument that is forgotten, and I want to carry that flag. Like I, mm-hmm. I personally, I personally love that because the old wants to be new again. Right. I I love that. I love I love that. You know. But I feel like you. And you- it's not because I have big passion projects and things like big theses that i that i like you know i'll die for this and things like that i I don't want to be too vague here i'm trying to be i'm trying to be specific but it's because i like just the the broad like me being broad is like i like taking the old and making it new i love that and i think when something goes out of fashion i collect it and i'm like i'm going to use this again when i feel the time is right and people are gonna it, it people are gonna react to it like it's new take for example, Ariana Grande's new music video. Mm-hmm. Which I had to make you watch. Legally Blonde is not in the lexicon right now. But she reinvented it. She made it relevant. Uh, what's that other one, the Jennifer Gardner movie? 13 Going on 30. Was forgotten to an extent. It was a throwback. And she kind of she brought it back into the conversation. Like, I like that. When Kanye West samples... Um, Otis? Otis, it's like, wow, we're hearing it in a new, it's new again. 
I like that. 30 years from now, someone's going to bring back single ladies, and you and me are going to be like, oh, back in my day, that was the shit. Uh-huh. And our kids' kids are going to be like, what are you talking about? This is brand new. No, it's not. We know the sores. I like that. That's what keeps me fucking going. That's why I have to create in a way. But you also... Not because like, I have a Moby think, Dick in me that I have to make. Do you think that's related to you liking to go back to the past? Like you like to go back to the past and talk about the past and reminisce and and like, I don't know. Because we're different in that sense too. I don't look back. I know you don't look back. I... This just goes back. I, mean, I keep. I'm repeating myself at this point, but I. I think the. I think the old wants to be new again. Okay. Like I. I will. Me personally. And once again, I don't even have a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I've been in the game for eleven years, so I'm not saying this is a populist idea, but it's what gets me going nonetheless. Like I like taking when a style is gone, reinventing it, mm-hmm. putting it in my repertoire. Well, filmmakers do that all the time. We do that all the time. Rappers do that. Mm-hmm. It's like tradition to an extent. Like, I, I, I don't. I'm not like super nostalgic about the past for nostalgic's sake. Like, I'm not. But I like seeing reinvention. I like rebirth. I like one I- plus one equals three. It's like, how I did like that, that happen? I like that stuff too, but it's not something that drives me. Yeah. What drives you? I don't, I mean, I do have a, a need and a drive to create, to see what I can come up with. And I try to, I don't want to be all Kanye about it, but I try to like open up these doors like in my mind and try to like, go through a path that I haven't been through like mentally to try to create something. And so I try to do that every time. I'm not sure what to call that. I think that's good. That's like a, that's, that's self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah. That. And so like, well, okay, how can I like be better than the last time? Or how, how am I going to make this one better than the last one? I think if you, this is, like, I like originality as well, mm-hmm. but I like taking, like, I want to create something new with forgotten materials. You know what I mean? Uh, you create something new, and then that's a Knives Monroe thing. And then that'll be forgotten. And then 10 years from now, someone pulls a Knives Monroe Mm-hmm. And they say, "Hey, where that's really cool. Where'd you get that? Well, I got that from this. But where did Knives get it from? Well, he got it from John Luc Godard or whatever. Right. I like that. Um, the previous podcast featured Tanner Walters, and he had asked me for a quote for his social media. He was going to feature me on some Instagram thing, and I was like." <laughs> a quote like I, i'm not I, a quote didn't come to mind like for me you to have say. a million quotes but one quote down. to be like here's the one you know because he asked me he's like if you had to put one thing on a billboard what would it be oh that's a good question and i told him good artists copy great artists steal 
And he's like, that's cool. Where'd you get that? And I was like, oh, I got it from Steve Jobs. But Steve Jobs got it from Pablo Picasso. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody's, everything's a remix. Like that to me is kind of like, I live by that. I live by that. Well, I mean, I live by Picasso's quote quotes also. That That's the kind of stuff that when I first saw Kill Bill and I realized what filmmaking was, I was like, oh, that's the way my brain is wired. I get it now. I'm all about taking these relics from the past and reinventing them, putting them in a new package. Mm -hmm. I love that shit. That keeps me going. That's part of like the engine of my creativity. And so I'm always curious like where it comes from. Do you think that, I mean, can you see that? Like where it comes from me? Like, is it possible? I mean, because we're together. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, being objective. I feel like... Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like... Your talent is so... Sharp. And your pencils are sharp at all times. And your talent is just so particularly defined that it's first in the race like it's it's at the top of everything and so you don't even ask yourself well why why am i doing this or where is this coming from or what does this all mean but the talent is already defined and shaped mm-hmm. and so you're okay. like well, you're, and so you're like well i'm already here so why do i even have to ask why and for me I, i'm a late bloomer i'm always playing catch up like my ambition is first and so oh. i have to put in the hours and get my talent sharp so Every i can time? so i can execute you know the things that i want to make and so it's always like a it's always like i'm chasing it oh no whereas yeah, I you don't have that. I, yeah. exactly and so whereas you i feel like you wake up like this <laughs> right, you just and pick up a pencil and, and you're draw. like <laughs> like you didn't have to go through the decade of pain that i went through to make a good short film uh, no, I mean I feel a I feel just bad kind of about a, that. Don't feel bad. I, no, 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 no. I, I feel bad about. Don't that. feel bad because that's that's the programming telling you like be humble. Like, but and also like, where no, is I, my? I, I mean, I, 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 I say fuck that. But a part of me wants to, like I said, where I wanted to, like I I want to develop a skill and be really good at it. I want to like climb that mountain. I want to like feel that struggle because I always hear like gary v and like all these other people like eat shit for like 10 years and i'm like well okay i want to eat shit too but uh, <laughs> well i mean you don't want to eat shit and I, I mean you actually don't want to eat shit right so it's confusing so, this is why i don't li- and this this is another thing i don't like listening to these people saying go and struggle so it's like it's you know it's hard for me to I want to want to struggle and I want to struggle. and I want to like be like, you know, go from like zero to like a million and be like, I did it. But I, and some things I don't have, like the drawing thing. I didn't have, I don't have that. I never had that. I was just, I, because I was drawing since I was little, you know, and it just stayed and I just, it grew as, as I grew. So it, it never felt like there was a struggle. And I think that's good. Like does, did Bob Dylan, who still makes music, did did he struggle? Like, is it about his struggle or is he just prolific? 
Like there are artists who, you know, that were so pro- prolific, like Ray Bradbury who made, or like Stephen King who mm-hmm. made all these novels. Like it's not about his struggle. He's just like, here it is. Here it is. And here's another one. Well, some, oh, and there's another some one. Some people romanticize that struggle. And I certainly am and one of those. they put a lot of emphasis on that struggle. Look, I am guilty, like full life sentence, all the charges. I plead guilty to all those charges. Mm-hmm. I'm totally romantic about all that. And so that's kind of like the full circle, you know. And, and, I'm, and I've never projected to people that this is the right way to be or, you know, no. Like it's, it's certainly not. Everybody needs to find their way. That gets them to their result. But you always gotta, you always have to reverse engineer like, okay, what do I want? Okay, well then how do I get there? That's the eating shit thing. For me, I was like, oh, well no one's gonna, there is no, I'm gonna go apply to be a filmmaker job. There was no, a resume (laughs) and there was just, that's, it's an unorthodox shit eating profession. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's chess. It's not checkers. So I had to learn the game. And it took a decade and a half. And I think that's one thing that with art, I didn't I didn't know that I had. I, I wasn't aware of that stuff. Like, I didn't know that it was a game and that I had to learn certain things and be in, at certain places at the right time type of thing. I didn't know anything about uh, outside of the skill of actually just doing art. And so that really fucked me over at the beginning. I mean, not that it doesn't now, but like it didn't, I didn't go anywhere with it because of that is how I feel. Right. And so I I did have the foresight to be like, what is coming mm-hmm. and, and adapting to that and, and uh, everything's cyclical. Like, you know, it, it goes, it goes in a circle and it's going to come back around and I see the trends and yeah. For sure. Um, College to me, that's why for me, and not for everybody, but for me it was kind of a farce to you're going to put me in a system that's going to train me for a system. I was just like, I don't buy that for filmmaking, for creativity. Like In my mind, I was so stubborn. I was like, you can't teach that. You can't tell me how to do that because I was wise enough to know like, I'm going to have to go live and make experiences right. to express that. But you can't it, teach me that. Right, but it also depends on what you're doing. And everybody's different, and everybody has a different way of communication, uh, communica- of communicating and expressing themselves, and art is a form of language. And I'm telling you, like, I, I'm jealous of people that just have that talent. Like, that's a thing that needs to be... Uh, conditioned and concentrated on and I think it's cool like and I've never said this on the podcast but you know I'm not a photographer I'm not a videographer I'm not an editor I'm not a cameraman I'm not a sound engineer like I'm none of those things I just do all of them because they have to be done Mm -hmm. that's it like I have to press the red button then what are you I have to edit you know, I, my ideal is a director that calls the shots that's and, and tells you, I want it to look like this, <laughs> you know, but I've just had to do all that. And uh, that's why I wouldn't say I'm 
after you do something for 10,000 hours, you tend to get pretty good at it, which is why I think people think I'm good right. at it. Yeah. Um, but I never project that out there. Like I'm so fucking great. <laughs> it's always like, here's my version of that, you know, but you're actually talented. You made a movie, you knocked it out of the park. You draw all the time. I drew. I don't draw that. A uh, My Little Pony. <laughs> what are those things called? <laughs> yeah. Those rainbow horses? My Little Pony. I don't know the name. I yeah. drew one of those magical pony unicorn shits <laughs> for Fiona. Her face was aghast. <laughs> what she did was she like, call she it? She was literally like, no, what the fuck is this? You drew it. And she was like, thank you. This is beautiful. And she colored it. And I was like, she knew that. She knew. Aesthetically, mine was like dog shit. <laughs> she did. I yeah. don't have a she talented had, bone in my body. she has like high expectations. And she should. She has high standards. But I don't have a talented bone in my body. And you're full of them. And I knew I had to put a baby in you and make a creative a child. A creative baby. A creative yeah. child. And as we're uh, winding up here, I got to pull Mark Marin and say, you good? Mm-hmm. You, you good? You got everything you you wanted to get out? I think so. Anything uh, that you're looking forward to in the next month or maybe even next year that you want to put out there just for the vibes? Movies? Anything. Aladdin? You want to watch Lion, Aladdin? Lion King? Disney's lineup is pretty sick next year. Yes. Definitely a lot of movies to look forward to. A lot of movies to look forward to. Toy Story 4? Yes. That's going to be good. Fiona would be old enough to sit still. She'll be five. So she'll be good. Yeah. I think that's about she's it she's pretty good already for an animated movie the last one yeah she's okay this one teen titans and incredibles 2 she she watched yeah so i think she's ready well that's good i i love you so much it feels good to say love that you. on the podcast I love you too. <laughs> and it's good to hear it back wow boy does that feel good <laughs> no one says i love you to you no i was thinking <laughs> about this this is pretty uh this is pretty um i'm comfortable with myself so i'll just say it but uh <laughs> I was looking at Dakota and I was like, people are, people are like, so, because I was filming him skydive today and they're like, that's what you do? You just follow him around and film him? They're like, that's a pretty sweet gig. And I was like, yeah. And I was going to say this, but I didn't. I was going to say, he's my ride or die guy. You should have said it. He's my ride that's or die sweet. guy. I was like, has anybody ever said that out loud? Did I coin that term, ride or die guy? Guy? He's my ride or die guy, that guy. Anyways. <laughs> you but, think uh, you'll hear this? <laughs> no. He's got better things to do. But thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And thank you, Claire, for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we're going to we're gonna do this again. You're going to be a recurring guest. I hope so. There's a lot. There's a lot. I don't know if people know this. We talk, me and Knives talk a lot. We talk a lot to each other. On, this, on his way home, we talk. Until he's at the door in front of me. <laughs> we talk. Does we that can, bother you? No, I like that. We can talk for hours. When the kids were gone, I think it was two summers ago. When we just moved? When Aiden was in Chicago and Fiona was in the Valley and we caught up on the leftovers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the HBO show, guys, not the stuff that's in our fridge. <laughs> um, All we did was just talk. Yeah. And it was unabated and we were alone and it was great. We have a lot. We have a lot to talk about. Only because we, we have different. I mean, we have we have different perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of arguments too though not i mean a lot lately yeah but we not do. not before i mean now i mean a lot more like discussion not i mean like arguments like fighting we i mean, don't, I we mean don't like fight. 
I mean, like discussions. Like we just disagree on like people and things. Yeah, we disagree on politics sometimes. But it's for the impo- most part. But it's important to to agree to disagree. <laughs> and just you know, sometimes all you can do is. Um, sometimes it's not worth it. It's like whatever. If that's how you feel. When things get. Um. When things start feeling far away and I start feeling like, uh oh, like, you know, Claire doesn't like this perspective or point of view that I have or whatever. And, uh oh, I'm starting to feel like a little estranged. I just remind myself one thing. What? We just need to fuck. <laughs> <laughs>